Well, it's fantastic uh, to be here with Noel Robinson. Uh, Noel, it's so awesome. I mean, I could talk to you about anything for ages to do worship because, you, you know, you have such rich depths of experience, of passion for this subject. Um, but thank you so much for joining us. One of the pioneers of the gospel scene in the UK. Uh, you've been running a series recently on, on TBN as well, Vox Absolutely, Collective. yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, let's just go there. Oh, just tell us, because some people might be listening, like never met you before. Tell us a bit, like how have you ended up doing what you're doing? Tell us maybe a bit about that series well, even. Well, the, the truth is that it's, it's I call it, um, it's part of the calling. You know, I always say the calling of God in your life is, is, is discovered. Mm. You know, nobody knows it all. We, we walk in part knowledge and faith actually helps us to engage in every step that we make and, and doors open. And um, I've been doing a, a worship conference for the last 12 years called uh, Renewal Kingdom Worship Movement, which was a, a, a which was a which is a conference that's basically aimed at stirring up the spiritual depth and expression of and revelation of of worship in the lives of the believer it was mm. never a musical experience it just came out in the music because i'm a musician uh, but it was always about um, the church needs to see things differently because of what's coming into the earth um and i, I don't know why i was on that journey for 10 years pumping away at that thing you know a lot of people kind of saw it as um they saw it as a black man doing a black thing. So it must not be for me, but all I was doing, mm. no, no, we need to stir the pot. This is a spiritual thing. Spirit don't yeah. have no color. Yeah. And, um, and actually the expressions may differ, but actually the root of the revelation of that stuff has no color. So I was just responding to the revelation that I had long and short of it uh, got to uh, this year. And I'd been talking about how do I raise up and release the prophetic voices of worshipers, and believers now worshipers aren't just musicians they are people who there are people who respond to the revelation of who jesus is but how can i stir up those artistic ones who who write in the songs they're writing the stories that that tell that tell what happened in the year 2020 you know mm. i use this catchphrase where i go in the year that king uzziah died as i saw the lord high and lifted i go in the year the pandemic came i mm. asked the question what did you see now and part of what i saw was voices being raised up who, who've had revelation of god in their community uh trans community trans local you know, international and they were able to give them a platform where they begin to speak out this thing over our nation and vox collective actually became that kind of real national vehicle um it's it's not a program primarily about music but i wanted to hear the stories mm. the stories you know there's an old saying that we say um that um you see my glory but you really really want to know the story yeah <laughs> because the story precedes the glory Right. And, and part of the story is always involved with rejection and all these kind of stuff. Anyway, we weren't going to that. But I began to say, well, I want to see people raised up from Scotland to Ireland to Wales, north, east, south, west, whatever denomination you're from, you know, the Anglican, the Anglican, the Pentecostal, the Charismatic, the Baptist. And you've got a prophetic voice for now. How mm. can this altar how can this altar called Vox Collective actually be a platform where your voice is heard? Mm. And that's what we did. So um, through the relationships that I've had with many worship leaders over the years, um, started to call people and, and everybody was like, well, okay. And um, TBN and Compassion partnered with uh, Kingdom Worship Movement and, well, just completely 
uh, blew my mind with where they where they saw it and where they wanted to pitch it and and um and we've had six shows so far you know um maybe you can edit that but we've had you know the shows 12 shows we did and powerful testimonies i i can't even begin to share some of the testimonies of people having breakthrough in their lives and and in a time like this pandemic i think that god knew what he was doing that we can uh, grab hold of these digital altars i call them they call them platforms. I call them digital altars. That's it. Because I it. think 21st century worship always has to involve the things we have in our hands. Mm. You know, we're not growing chickens anymore, or you know, many of us are not farmers that have cows and, and no, what are you bringing? Well, I'm bringing the harvest. You know, I'm bringing the corn, mm. uh, but we mm. bring our lives to mm. an altar. And, and that's what's the difference between a sacrifice and just doing it. Yeah. Yeah. The awareness of an altar. And, and and do you think there's something about, because my wife and I, Becky and I, we do a, an intergenerational ministry called Worship for Everyone, which I think we've kind of stumbled into the power of unity there and the uniting across the ages for us. Do you, do you think that that is what is going on in what you're involved in, that, that importance on God's heart of unity and the power? Because we're here to talk about the power of praise. Yeah. And there's something, isn't there, in praise that just unites people? <laughs> Absolutely. Tell us, talk, talk a bit about well, that. I mean, one of the things, just to speak into where you are, um, uh, one of the things that's really profound about where you are is that actually uh, in, in times past, people have seen, okay, family worship. Um, yeah, it's something that, you know, parents, because because I think the uniqueness about family worship is that you're living together. Mm. You're not just coming to church for a couple of hours and worshiping together and go, wow, this is amazing. But mum, dad, family are living together which have other dynamics to it, you know, all the different things, the, the, the parenting that has to happen, the children's things, all that kind of stuff. And then mm. to find an altar there is actually profound because all of a sudden in the year that the pandemic came, all the altars that we have seen that we thought this is, this is the place, the churches, the, the churches, the doors, the, the platforms that we've had, whether you have a church in a hall or whatever, have been stripped away. So all we have is that God hasn't removed the altar, but he's trying to say that there are other altars that need to be served. And actually what you do by saying the little ones in the family, what do they bring? In actual fact, what you're doing is actually quite profound for the next generation. Why? Because the Bible says this simple thing that train a child in a way that it should grow, that when it's old, it won't depart. What are we training the trial? And we're training the trial in truth. You know, I say to uh, people, parents, speak in tongues at home. Why? Because the language of heaven needs to be caught by your children. You know, mm. pray at home so the language of heaven or the access to heaven can be caught by your children, whether they go away from it or not, but they never mm. move away from the seed. So from that point of view, so this is where praise is very important because praise right. is a verb. And look, most people kind of have this uh, con context of praise being, uh, we sing about praise, we talk about praise, but we actually have not looked at the word praise and the power of praise in our lives. Mm. Um, I simply sum it up as praise is faith in action because praise is a doing word. It's, 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 it's the thing where God requires of you to do something in your humanity to actually unlock the spiritual truth, you know, yeah. spiritual truth, 10 lepers come to Jesus they're leprous and, and they're like, 
the high priest has told us that we're leprous and we actually can't even mix with anyone. And Jesus doesn't do anything apart from say to them, go and show yourself to the high priest. Mm. Now, it would be a stupid thing. The high priest who shut you out, told you you got to live out of the city because you got leprosy for you now to try and find a way to get back to him. The issue was that they all began to walk. But this this praise in action began to happen as they began to walk something fake the word of jesus became alive in them keep walking keep walking forward it came alive as they walked they mm. were healed i believe mm. that if they hadn't walked mm. the leprosy would have remained but the mm. fact that they heard a word mm. they stepped out on that word did you know that your walking is praise when your walking is connected to a divine instruction that is mm. the praise, the obedience praise. The root word of I call worship is obedience. The first sin was disobedience. So the first act of worship was done at engaged obedience. Those two things are very powerful. So we see that praise is a doing word. Now we've framed it in the, the context of church, but I actually believe the Bible says this, we are royal priesthood. Um, you know, we are, we are, we are royal and we show forth the praises of him who has called us out of darkness into light. So there's a sense where when we engage in praise and maybe we can unpack it a little bit more when we engage in this act of praise, which is a human act of saying to my will. And this is what David says. David goes, bless the Lord. Oh, my soul. Whoa. Why does he say that? It's not, he's not trying to tell you what his soul is doing. He's actually telling his soul to do it. He's not going, yeah. well, my soul is going to praise God. No, he's not actually doing He's going, bless the Lord, oh, my soul. He's actually speaking to his soul and saying the word bless. When we unpack it in a praise context, it means to give. Mm. Bless, mm. bless Barak, to give, to give. Uh, when you bless somebody, you're giving somebody something. Now, we know that as you begin to activate, faith comes by hearing, by hearing the word of God. Actually, there's an element of it hearing, but there's an element where you speak and I believe that this is part of the engagement of praise. So when we barack and bless the Lord, they bless the Lord. Oh, my soul. He's actually commanding his soul to actually do something that the soul doesn't necessarily want to do. Yeah. And he goes, you are going to bless God. <laughs> and we know that the soul is the engine of any man. I always say that the soul in, in, in the picture of worship, the soul is the engine of the car without the engine nothing moves forward. We have the spirit and the fight is for the steering wheel. The flesh fights over the spirit. You two people in the car going, I'm driving. No, I'm driving. You know, old, I'm showing my age now, you know, there's old driving school cars, you know, where, oh no, actually the guys that clean the roads, they got steering wheels on both sides of it. <laughs> so, so they can, which, which road, which side are we driving on, you know? Or, yeah. and, and, and I think there's a sense where that's the war. The war is for the attention of the soul. I this is why that. praise has to be engaged in your soul. I love that, Noel. And I, I love that. And what you're touching on there is the, the, the praise is a word that links our Monday to Friday to our Sunday expression, isn't it? That it's a doing word, that it, it cannot just be a, a raising hands, raising voices in song moment. But it's like you've talked about it every, being every step, every step, every morning, Awake my soul, open my lips, yeah. I'll praise you, God. It's that choice again, isn't it? Every day yeah. to step and into this. That's the power of praise because yeah. the power of praise 
is your engagement mm. with the act of worship. It's yeah. the plug. It's the plug that that hits the socket. Mm. And, and when it hits the socket, you're connected to the mains in the house. The, it's not plug. If you're not plugged, in a good way, in a good yeah, way, yeah, in a good way. <laughs> you know, but but you know, I think I think just these pictures of um, it means that we we don't we don't always understand the power of praise in our lives. And, you know, I allude to um, this powerful scripture in Psalms 8, you know, mm. um, and where, where David says this thing, he goes, out of the mouth of babes and sucklings. Yeah. This is the King James version. I'm a King James kind of guy. Come on now. Right? Yeah, out yeah, of go the on. mouth of children <laughs> and sucklings, I have ordained praise. Mm. And, and then it says, could we sometimes miss that? We miss it because he's ordained it because of the devourer. Mm. Yeah, it says to steal the enemy, doesn't it? Absolutely. To steal him. And praise, when your praise is rooted in the revelation of Jesus, this is the key, because clapping hands, anybody can clap hands at mm. any time. You can walk at any time, you can jump, you can scream, you can shout any time, but when it's connected to the revelation of Jesus, and what Jesus has done for you and what Jesus is about to do, then mm. your praise takes on a supernatural ordained. When we talk about the word ordained, yeah. Yeah. ordained is a supernatural enablement and power. And he goes that I've actually given this to every believer who's a suckling, who's a babe. I call it a babe. I did that the other day and somebody said, babe, I'm a babe. No, 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 a baby, a baby, a baby attached to its mom weaning. Mm. is in the right position to be mm. blessed by everything that that mum possesses. It drinks the mum's milk, the nourishment that that's why mothers have to stay healthy. Um, you know, because whatever you have, the baby mm. drinks. And those of us that are connected to God in our desire, in our hearts, we, God has given us a earthly power mm. to actually still the Avenger that you see. Mm. But, it's extraordinary. It's extraordinary, isn't it? And, and there's something about that childlike faith as well, isn't there? That that, praise. Well, that's what you got it. That's what I was talking yeah. about. This is the one who are connected to God by faith. Um, a baby mm. looks to mum for it. A mum is his whole, a family is its own whole world. Your kids, your house is their world. Mm. It's their ex place they explore. They explore the corners. Where's the little one? Oh, it's under the chair. Oh my gosh, have you seen their bedroom? Oh my gosh, where's he hiding? He's hiding in mum's wardrobe. Do you know, it's the place where babe explores. And can you imagine the place that God is prepared? We explore the, yeah. the beauty of God, the nature, the trees that, I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going kind of like that. You explore guitar strings, you explore chords, <laughs> you, ex you explore just, the, in, you know, we have the ability to do that, but yet still we're connected. We're connected to a God that provides for us. And when we speak, like a baby cries out and says, Mama, Dada, I love you. Something engages in that moment. Imagine mm. Abba Father, when we open our mouths and we say, Father, we love you. And the object of that love is there before us. And we go, my gosh, we can see you, God. I can see you in the eyes of, of this. I can see you in the beauty of this. I can see, and this is David. This is David going, hey, my experience in the field looking after the sheep. Yes, although I did kill the lion and the, the bear, but I was seeing God 
in nature. The bees, the mosquitoes. I don't know if there are mosquitoes around then, but I don't like mosquitoes. But the mosquito, I could see God and everything in everything. Therefore, I lift up my hands and I praise this God. And I think that there's something powerful. We talk about beauty for ashes and we talk about you know in the year that the pandemic came what do we see do we see god at work or do we see the fiery furnace do we see the things that and and praise is not escapism mm. praise is not escapism it's not speaking what i call a uh, positive mm. humanistic things because those humanistic things are connected to the human experience but I'm yeah. talking about where your humanity connects yeah. to a Jehovah Jireh. Yeah. And, Jehovah and, you and you talk in the chapter um, on power and praise, you talk about how praise always changes something. And often it is us, it is our perspective. And that, that's what you're just saying right now, isn't it? That, yeah. that perspective to lift our eyes up to him. And to say, God, you are worthy. What are you doing? Because the enemy wants us to distract us with all the problems, all the challenges, all the opposition. Yeah. And that power of praise to lift our eyes. And, and the power of praise, it positions you. Mm. You see, um, you know, this, you know, uh, St. John 4, 23, you know, 20, sort of, uh, it talks about, you know, the father's looking for those who will worship. And most yeah. of us talk about worship and we talk about, you know, in, in truth and in spirit and in truth. Mm. And I go, no, let's talk about the those. Mm. The father's looking for the those. Who mm. are the those? The those are the babes and the sucklings, the, the, the royal priesthood, the ones who are, who are called up, the ones who recognize the power of what they say actually mm. can shape their atmosphere and their environment. The power of what they say actually can host the presence of God right in the midst of trouble. You see, the three Hebrew boys, were praises. Mm. The fire killed the men that were heating it. Mm. It's funny how, because the words that they spoke and they said, even if we don't live through this experience, we are not going to bow. Mm. What happens is this transaction happens between heaven and earth in that declaration. They're faced with the fire. The men who heat the fire have died. I'd be a bit scared because mm. they've heated the fire and they died close to it and i'm walking to this fire and i'm finding myself that i'm actually not burning what's mm. going on then i find myself in the fire not consumed by it but i look up and there is a fourth man mm. in the fire and i'm like going whoa is this beyond my wildest dream maybe i didn't expect this but i actually believe that praise actually the fact that they wouldn't bow and worship anything else but they wanted to praise the true and living god that was the key that gave them divine protection. Now, mm. we we can put we ain't in the fires, literal fires, but we're talking about some of the stuff we're going through right now. It's like fire. Some of the family issues, some of the stuff in our home, our future's being pulled away from us that we could see. But yet still, but David says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be where? In my mouth. He yeah. didn't say just in my hand, he said in my mouth. And this is where I began to realize the power of praise that if we in this season, the three Hebrew boys came out of the fire uh, and they were not scorched, the power of praise of hosting the presence of God. Mm. Now I am not going to celebrate the act of praise yeah. because the act of praise is a vehicle that takes me to, to the reward of worship. 
which is the presence of God. That's good. So your petition in this season, your lament, in, in the middle of your lament, allow praise. So we call it petition to praise. Mm, mm, that's petition good. Petition to praise. And, and th- you've touched on it there, this link between praise, the presence of God, uh, and how then our perspective can change, whether, whether we, we're in lament, you know, we're not denying reality, but that there can be a, a healing presence of God in, in that uncomfortable waiting period or lamenting period, can't there? And I remember when I first met you, you know, uh, some 15 years ago or something, I was on a, a worship retreat and uh, you came to speak. And I have to say, no, I don't remember anything you said, I'm afraid. But <laughs> what I remember was you picking up your guitar and we were all sitting around in this kind of semicircle room and we were all, like, I don't know, 20-somethings, worship leaders, of, you know, and, and you just came and started playing and over us. You walked around the room playing over us. And I just remember this tangible presence of God in the room moment as you played. And, and, it, and it, I can feel it now, you know, talking about it, you know, because yeah. uh, and it's a mystery, isn't it? Like we, we can try and explain it. We can try and talk about it and, and come up with theology for it. But at the end of the day, praising God uh, releases in some way his manifest presence, in, like his presence in a special way towards us, for us, behind us, underneath us, driving us forward, his love for us. Uh, just talk a, a little bit about that power of praise to do with God's presence, because you must have seen that so much in your worship leading, in your music ministry. What yeah. else could you just I mean, encourage I mean, us one of, the, one of the dilemmas um, as a worship leader is that um, – your, your, your job is to reveal Jesus mm. for any given season. I love this song that Graham Kendrick wrote years ago, for this I have Jesus. Mm. And, and I believe that the way of a worshipper, part of, and when I say worshipper, I'm not talking about a worship leader. I'm talking about us being defined by the word worship. And another root word of worship is relationship. So we can unpack Davidic worship, which is um, t- temple. We can unpack mosaic, which is tabernacle. We can, uh, we can unpack Abrahamic worship, which is altars. But actually, Adam and Eve had this amazing opportunity to actually hear the voice of God and be in his presence. Mm. That, that I think that for me is my heart's desire it's the thing i chase for Mm. um i ask god never to let me ever be used to his presence and um hence why i studied all the as many expressions of worship whether it's styles of music whether it be international and and it all boils back to that the tree moves its leaves but the wind we never see and it's wanting this wind and uh, it's wanting to experience this manifest presence of God in the fire, in the lion's den, in my wilderness, in my broken place, in the place of rejection, in the place of hurting, wanting to host 
the presence of God. Yeah. That beyond all that I have or see or do, David says it like this. You can take everything away from me, but don't take your spirit away from me. The place of our genius, the place of our victory is not in what we consider as humanity, winning the pools, sometimes even paying all our bills. But the place of our victory is the fact that we can step into his presence and he's with us. Because in his presence, you find not just peace, but there's wisdom. Yeah. In his presence, there is a defense. In his presence, mm. the answer to all humanity's contexts is there. And, and I go like this, that without his presence and the reward of all that we do. So if, if, I, if I'm the best musician in the world or the best singer or the most successful businessman, it is nothing without the presence of God. And I speak mm. about it. Job does this. Job loses everything in one day. Now, what he had was a lot. A man that has 500 camels. Mm. You're going to have a lot of servants looking after that stuff. Where are they going to eat? You, the land. He was so wealthy. But in the midst of losing all of that, he didn't deny his humanity. And this is the greatest story, I, I think, for me. All that happened to him when he lost it all. He shaved his head and tore his clothes. And I talk about it in the book. Mm. But in his next move, he does something that is, for me, so unique. The Bible says he bows his head. That shaved head, that torn, ripped clothes, that, that hurt, that pain of losing it all, that pain of woe is me, that lament. And he bows his head and he goes, this is going to be an altar. Mm. this place yeah. I'm going to turn it into an altar and I'm going to offer up praise and I'm going to offer up worship to him because the reality of Job's story was it didn't start. His story didn't start with him in the earth. It started with God and Lucifer having a conversation. Mm-hmm. And I dare say for many of us, our default setting, we've got to develop this culture of praise. Um, I, I didn't allude to a story. There's a lady I, I knew years ago, a lady called Sister Thomas, you know, Pentecostal church. They was called mm. Sister This, Brother That. Yeah, yeah. We always thought that she was a bit in her mind, right? Because I'd meet her on a bus coming home from school with my friends and she'd be like, praise the Lord, glory to God. And you're like thinking, oh, my days. And my friends go, who's that lady? And I go, it's my dad's friend. It's my dad's friend, you know. <laughs> and she goes, Brother Noel, blessed time at church. And I was there trying to hide my face. You know, I wanted a lad, you know. <laughs> trying to be cool on the trying bus. Trying to be and... cool, you know. <laughs> and then I got to know her story. And she came in the Windrush period and mm. had a, a very difficult time with mental mm. health and was actually put in a mental health institution. And the reality of it was that in that place, she set up altars and they thought she was even crazier because she began to praise God. She began to thank God. She began to bless God. Everything she saw was with God. In it. And she, you know, was she super spiritual? I don't know. But I think that sometimes the trouble that we're in requires something a little bit more hmm. than just saying, hey, God, you're really cool. You're a great God. And sometimes that lament has to get real. Lord, yeah. I'm in trouble. 
I saw that woman walking freely, taking the bus, going back and forth to work. And every time she saw me or somebody who was a believer, she said, praise the Lord. And I realized that mm. in that home where she was after her experience uh, in the late 60s, 70s, and they, she managed to get herself out of it. She always said, God, God did this or else mm. I'd still be in that place. I oh. believe that the power of your praise, and I want people to understand this, we don't praise because we can or because we're great musicians or singers or we can unpack the theology of it. We can unpack this, but there's something of my heart and my body that goes, mm. I have to see that. Yeah. I have to know that God, that you're there. I have to know that I 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 know when I don't see you and I don't feel you, I've got to know that you're there. And the two things that speak to me, is the word of God. Faith cometh by hearing. I've got to believe this word. This is why praise is faith in action. We mm. don't praise God and say, God, you are, you know, you bring me joy. You bring me joy. You bring me joy. I write a lot of joy songs, but never birthed in joy. They're mm. never, ever birthed in that place of joy. They're always birthed in a place where I need to be free. I wrote a song called Freedom and, and people kind of laugh at it and go, yeah, it's got this kind of 60s, 50s backbeat, you know, kind of mm, gah, gah. But I wrote that in a place where I was not free mm. and I wanted to be free. And mm. I had to write the words, you know, my life is not my own Lord, but it's yours. And the freedom I'm looking for is in you. That's so awesome. I believe that our praise has to be connected to our revelation. It's and so good. And, and, and no, just like, because again, in the book, you talk about just everything you're saying here, you talk of it as the default. It has to be the default for us. That was the word that leapt out to me in the chapter, you know, that, yeah. that this kind of praise you're talking about has to be our default because it's a necessity uh, it's not on our feelings, but it's, and I found that so inspiring. Like even, you know, reading through the chapter, you know, as we've been working on this book, it's like, yeah, you know, how, there's so many defaults in our lives, aren't there? You know, yeah. I default, I make coffee every morning. That's a default. Do you know what absolutely, I mean? Like, absolutely. I, I take the kids to school every day. That's a default. It's like praise is praise our default. Is it my default? Is it the thing every day you know, write down before I start any work. Thank you, God. You know, praise you, God. You know, is it yeah. is that the first thing on our lips? Yeah, and so I think powerful. I, I think I think, and what I allude to, and it's very difficult to um kind of um unpack it because um you know as I began to write and I began to pull just draw from and you know um just my experience and the things that I knew and I began to realize that when we use the word default. Uh, mm. We can default moments like you talked about a coffee. Yeah. Making coffee. You know, I do the same thing, you know, coffee or orange juice or um, having breakfast or this is what I do on a Tuesday morning. This is what I do on a Wednesday morning. And, mm. you know, and we have these default settings which build in the practice of what we do. So, yeah. you know, um, I'm a musician. So from the age of six, every day I play. Yeah. yeah every day I played. And people go, wow, that's a God given talent. It's a God given seed but the talent is only as strong as the hours that I put into it mm, mm. in all of us, you know, and the ability to praise God is a seed given to us. And I want people to understand this. It's a seed that's put in us, this ability to praise because none of us can live without 
praising something you praise your kids yeah. you, you wow that's an amazing i love that car oh my god i love that i love the decoration there or oh, i love the way we do that oh great guitar we we, we we it flies off our mouth but i go the default that i'm looking for is is the default that's explained in psalms 100 enter his gates with mm. thanksgiving mm. which is it talks about thanksgiving in your heart what's in your heart will come out of your mouth but then it goes enter his courts with praise now when we step into a court how you walk through that court to the holy of holies yeah. with the awareness of his nearness this means i'm driving my car to the supermarket and i'm like i'm listening to music i can pause in the middle of that and go oh, father i just need a good parking space i don't want to walk far please <laughs> And lo and behold, a parking space comes up and I'm not saying it happens all the time, but then I go, thank you, Jesus. I think the default setting that we're looking for when we talk about the word praise is our posture. Mm -hmm. You know, um, prayer, prayer is a posture. Somebody who lives a prayerful life, it doesn't mean that it negates them off the struggles of life. It means that the first thing that when squeeze that comes out of them, um, you're supposed to have orange juice in you. When you're squeezed, orange juice should come out. I feel that we develop that posture and that culture of praise when everything that we do has the awareness of his oh. nearness attached to it. I'm playing football. That. I'm playing yeah. football. I am walking. I'm having an argument. Mm. I'm upset. I'm angry. I'm annoyed all those kind of feelings that actually we don't like talking about. Yeah. I'm actually really, mm. Mm. but there's this thing about the posture of praise in our lives that the culture that gives us a, a place where we go. I know I'm angry. I'm not denying my anger. That's wrong. I know that I'm upset. I'm not designed upset, but I tell you what, from a posture of praise, mm. this is how I'm going to be. It also that. means that it governs a lot of things in our lives. Mm. So when we walk every day, talking, walking, me talking to you now, my posture is one of praise, thanking God. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's got to emanate out of me. I, I use the orange, the orange as a, as a thing. You know, you squeeze the orange, and orange juice should come great. out. If, so, if something else comes out, then our default setting, the original plan, the default setting. You know, I've been sharing this talk with many people. I call it Control Alt Delete. I mm. believe that this season is a control alt delete season. Most people go, what's that now? Well, a computer full of viruses. The last thing that you do is control alt delete because what it does is reset that operating system back to factory settings. There's a plan for our lives that involves praise, faith, worship, the nearness of his presence, the destiny and purpose in the earth that requires our praise. Praise is a verb, the things we do, not just what we say. Yeah. Because the problem is that if what you say is not attached to what you do, we know what happens. There's no power yeah. in it. No. You know, you think about it as a parent. You go, if you touch that again, I, you're going to be in trouble. And they touch it and they're not in trouble. <laughs> Tell me about <laughs> it. I know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, 
So that's why our heavenly, yeah, that's why our heavenly Father is so much more faithful, isn't he? Oh He's faithful God. to His word, <laughs> yeah. and so that's right. That's right. It's a challenge. You say sorry at the last minute, and He's forgiven. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, that is so helpful, and we need to come into land. But that is so helpful image for everyone, like that default setting of praise. That when you squeeze the orange, praise comes out. It's it's such a strong image, such an encouragement. Yeah. I want one one last quick question, and if you could keep the reply quick, and then we, I'd love us just to pray. Um, in, in the chapter, you mention your dad as a role model of praise. I think, yeah. was he in hospital? Yeah. Uh, and, and, and how he would just, pr- like, you know, praise no Ooh. matter what the circumstance. And yeah. it hit me at reading that bit about the power of role models. Yeah. And obviously, uh, for you, that was, a, you know, obviously a father, significant role model. Totally. But just, again, in this season, like role models of worshippers and people who, when they're squeezed, God comes out and not their own ambition or selfish desires or sin. And that's a challenge to each of us, isn't it? Yeah. The role model thing. Just talk about that. Every one of us, there's the role model seen and unseen. You know, um, you know I'm in Bahamas ministering. And um, I get a phone call saying your dad's in hospital in Jamaica. And I'm like, whoa. So I kind of finished the ministry time a little bit shorter. They were really happy and I flew. I'm so glad I was that part of the world. It was only yeah. an hour and a half flight. I get there. My dad's in hospital. They've amputated his leg. And I've just started to weep because this is the man that's brought me up. My mum died when I was five. Mm. Even though my dad remarried and uh, my stepmom passed away. But this is the man that, put a guitar in my hand because I saw Mm. him playing it. This is the man that every step of the way that I have looked at and seen his kindness and his generosity. I'm a product of that. Therefore I'm generous. His love and care. I'm loving and caring. And he's lost his legs. Mm. And what I hear him say baffles me because he says, don't be angry we praise God and I'm sitting at that hospital angry and frustrated over all of this and every time the pain hits him you hear an audible shout praise the name of Jesus I heard my dad's the leg began to hurt him he's going hallelujah not ouch hallelujah Mm. and I'm like what is that dad And I began to realize that my dad had developed a culture of praise and worship that was not defined by external things. It was actually defined by an internal revelation of a God that said, though he may slay me, though my physical body will perish, I've lost a leg, but I will not stop praising my God. It's the biggest challenge of my life, constantly. With all the stuff that's happening around me and around us now. Why is my dad not complaining? Why is he not moaning? That's the real thing, dad. You're not being authentic. You're not being authentic, dad. That can't be the real default set. My dad turned 90 this year. That story is... 15 plus 20 years ago. Wow. And to this day, when I visit him in the Caribbean or he comes here every morning, 
his words are not just words that he says. Everything that he does, it oozes out of him. And I go, what a benchmark. I wish I had that benchmark. I'm unworthy. I'm, I, I don't know why God would choose me. Mm. But I know that whether he chose me or not, he's worthy of all my praise. So everything I do, I want to bring glory to him because of what praise does. And if I could finish like that, the car that you drive has a manual. What came first, the manual or the car? Well, they designed the manual with all the components so they could develop the car. If the lights don't work, then it doesn't match up to the manual because the manual says the light works. If the electric seats don't work or the kind don't work, and if it don't work, then that car does not portray the glory of the manufacturer. And somewhere in that story that God has written something about you who's listening, but there's some components he's put in to your life, Psalms 8, out of your mouth, because you love me. I've given you a supernatural power that when you begin to praise me, the enemy has to be still. Mm. When you open your mouths, when you live your life from a posture of praise, it doesn't mean that you don't get attacked. It means that he has to be still. Yeah. And I believe that we're entering a season where the glory of the church is going to be seen because God's already written the book. Mm. And part of that glory is how we engage in the act of praise, not on a Sunday, but every day. The posture of praise a believer takes, you will be able to see it coming a mile off because there's a power. It's not your size, how strong muscle you are, how young you are. It's funny how the older ones, they know how to praise. Mm. And the presence of God, they host him so well. Yeah. So I want to encourage us to do that. Fantastic. Noel, thank you so much for just such a great chat about the power of praise. It'd be great just to pray. Would you mind just praying for anyone listening? Whatever you want to pray, something about encouraging this, this praising, no matter what, this posture thing, uh, and then we'll bring it to land. Thank you. Father God, I just thank you that you open our eyes. You've given us eyes to see. You've given us hearing to hear. And you give us sight beyond sight. <laughs> And you give us hearing beyond hearing. Father, we thank you that you've called us to an incredible destiny, 21st century church, a church full of your praise, full of your glory. Father God, teach us in this moment how to truly praise you. Holy Spirit, you come to lead us into all truth. Teach us the truth of God's power in our lives. And Father God, I pray for everyone listening to this that whatever situations they're in lord reveal to them that they have a power in them that when released because it connected to faith stills the avenger stills the devourer father in this season so many people experiencing difficult times we've come out or we're in difficult times life has changed as we know it but you are a god that has never changed you're the same yesterday today and forever. Father, help us to engage in the eternal 
praise that gathers around your throne. Help us to engage in the eternal worship that gathers around your throne, a worship that's not dependent on time and songs that are written in this earthly place, the words and books that are written in this earthly place, but Lord, an experience of your power and your glory and Lord in our lives individually, may everyone, children, we pray for our children that they see you. We pray for adults, families, Lord, that they see you in this time and that their default setting is to lift up your name and to bless you. And to live in that posture, like Paul and Silas, that place of praise, that as they prayed, it turned into praise. Their petitions turned into praise and caused earthquakes and caused the freeing of prisoners. But Lord, also causing salvation and revival to come to even the jailers' homes and their houses. May this power of praise that you've placed in us be activated in this season. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Oh, man. Oh, thank you so much, Noel. What a great time. And bless you. Thank you. Thanks for having me.